What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. You know who I am. I am your host, Molly Maul, Jamal Forrest. You can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget to you. Uh, this is a preview show, a condensed, a very short preview show, uh, previewing the Washington Commanders and Tennessee Titans. Um, no guests today. Uh, it's just you, me, and Auntie Up Consulting <laughs> um, with the best bet of the week. Uh, I am wrapping up my trip, my work trip in Dallas, or not Dallas yet, but I'm on my way to Dallas <laughs> to catch a flight. Um, currently in Longview, Texas, trying to get this show out of here. And we're going to get into our three keys, first and foremost. Um, it's been a very hectic week from the commander standpoint in terms of injuries, in terms of depth chart updates and lineup changes and things like that. And uh, to be honest with you, those things are important, right? But at the end of the day, Washington is in a state where none of those injuries matter. Um, Ryan Rivera can tell us that all he wants to, but none of those injuries matter. It's all about how how can you get a win your backs are against the wall for a second straight week. Couldn't afford to lose three straight. Now, you really can't afford to lose four straight, right? And you're taking on a Tennessee Titans team where they are 2-2 two and two on the season, fighting back from an 0-2 deficit, winners of two straight uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts and heading into their bye week after the Washington Commanders game. And right now, I believe that the Tennessee Titans are... Let's see, three and a half point favorites, I think. Um, where is my two and a half point favorites? Um, so, I mean, obviously, you see, when you're a road favorite in itself, that tells you all you need to know about what they think about the home team. But ultimately, when you're two and a half point favorites on the road, uh, it's an indication. Look, believe it, if you're not a gambler, believe in Vegas. Like, if people tell you the line, believe in Vegas, understand that they know a lot more than we do. Um, they're on it, and Washington is in a situation again. Like I said, they're facing up uh, one of the one of, uh, a very tough team, in a sense of, um, you know, with Washington not being where they are from a production standpoint, and the Tennessee Titans having a, a stable ground game. Uh, like you know, who Derrick Henry is the last two weeks. Uh, Tennessee has went from 93 rushing yards in the Giants game to 80 rushing yards to Buffalo against Buffalo, to now 100 yards over the last two games, specifically 109 and 127 against the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders and Indianapolis Colts, respectively. So their identity starting to take its place. It seems like Derrick Henry starting to get his legs under him again. Um, and that's actually, you know, going to be my first key for Washington. I'm just understanding, first and foremost, stop Derrick Henry. <laughs> like, that's, that's literally it when it comes to Washington, like, I think that Ryan Tannehill, from a, a quarterback perspective, you know, he's not a world beater. An average quarterback um, has five touchdowns, three interceptions, um, but he's completing 66% of his passes, so he's efficient in the standpoint of um, he's not afraid to, you know, take the, the short yardage areas. He's not afraid to, you know, take what the defense gives him. But ultimately, that offense moves how Derrick Henry moves. 76 carries, 306 yards, three touchdowns on the year, four yards a carry. That's pretty effective. <laughs> and the, the next running back doesn't even come close. 
Like he's take he is take he is toting. <laughs> next next running back has nine carries. Ryan Tannehill has twelve carries. Um, Hassan Haskins is the second string running back who has thirty seven yards on the season. So you know what it comes down to with with the Tennessee Titans. You know what they're trying to do. You know what they're going to do. And that's going to run and rush, uh, give Derrick Henry the ball, things like that. So first and foremost, you know you have to stop Derrick Henry. And how I'm doing that, I'm I'm keeping that eight men in the box. But I have to keep my, my more physical players in the box. There's no Bobby McCain down there. I'm, I know the safety rotations are um, frequent for Washington, right? So there's no Bobby McCain down there. There's no Derrick Forrest down there. It is... Uh, it no, there's no Percy Butler down there. It is all Cam Curl in the box with my linebackers, and we're gonna make things shake like that. Obviously, Benjamin St. Juice, I trust him um, to be physical. So if you want to go traditional nickel as well, it all depends on the rotations. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, it's not gonna be all one thing, right? They're not gonna do exclusively Buffalo. They're not gonna do exclusively nickel. So there's gonna be opportunities where, you know, these players are gonna be in the box in. I trust them, and we're gonna keep doing that in terms of uh, having having your more physical players in that box. Uh, Washington right now uh, is one of the best teams in terms of uh, defending the run. They're they're probably, if I'm not mistaken, they're yeah they're they're top five in like their success rate uh, and stuff rate uh, I believe. Um, so essentially, they are you know stopping running back, stopping the ground game for. Opposing teams, obviously, we know about the explosive plays. We're going to get into that with the pass game. Matter of fact, we can touch it right now because, you know, they're also alternatively speaking to the run game. They're one of the worst teams defensively in explosiveness, explosive plays allowed. And that comes in the run game and the pass game. So for as good as they do against the run, um, teams aren't really trying to run on them like a, a Tennessee Titan team would. Dallas did have to, and they were forced to. They were kind of forced to because of Cooper Rush. Like you can't expand your offense with a quarterback that you're you're limiting as a passer. So they're going to rely on the ground game. But ultimately, um, that's a team who was forced to versus a team that was um, willing and, and making it that their identity. If that makes sense, and that's what you got from uh, Detroit Lions in Week Two. A team who wanted to run the ball, and, and they were they were more versatile. As you can see, as the, the weeks move along, Detroit Lions can run the ball and pass the ball. They're one of the better offenses right now in the league. Uh, the Tennessee Titans is a team who wants to run the ball and will continue to try to run the ball. And that's where the difference is with, with the, the last three opponents that Washington has faced. Or the last two that I mentioned in, in Dallas and in Detroit. So... You have to stop the run. You have to understand that Derrick Henry is like, he's a big back. And the last time we played him, uh, I think was that 2018 season. And um, that's the one with Josh Johnson on a Saturday night. And he went for 21 carries, 84 yards, uh, four yards a carry and one touchdown. So not one of his bigger games. And it was actually off of two games in which – he had 238 yards and 170 yards, and we held him to 84. The Washington Commanders or Washington Redskins at the time did so. Um, yes, it's really first and foremost all about stopping Derrick Henry. Um, and if you can stop Derrick Henry, you're going to force Ryan Tannehill into some unideal passing situations, which uh, essentially uh, can create stress on him because he's not 
he's not as like I said, he's an above average quarterback, but he's gonna struggle if you can if you can keep him in those third and long situations or second and long situations, uh, where he's not ahead of his sticks, similarly to Carson Wentz. And that is my third or my second key, excuse me. Um, Titans. Um it like Washington has issues <laughs> in multiple areas. Um they have issues against the blitz. They have issues when they're not blitzing opposing teams. Um, they have issues versus uh, man coverage, and um, that's uh, a product of blocking. That's a product of uh, the receivers. Um, Scott Turner actually said it too. I forgot who. Oh, he was talking to J.P. Finley, excuse me, um, of NBC Sports Washington in an interview, and said. You know, it's a product of, you know, receivers trying to, you know, get the proper depth, running the right depth of their routes and things like that. And um, But it's also a product of um, the offensive line, you know, struggling as well. So it's all three or excuse me, all four really. It's, it's And I said this, too, and one of my issues with people when they look at the quarterbacks and they look at the offensive line, they think it's only two factors that play a part. Um, one of the issues against the Eagles was that I, I felt that some receivers um, weren't helping their receivers wasn't helping their quarterback out and specifically I pointed at Armani Rogers and I don't think he was the only one it's just probably an example of, of what I meant by that uh when you're open in space and you're and you have an opportunity to sit a route or cut a route short to provide something for your your quarterback I think you take that opportunity also depends on you know what Scott Turner wants in his offense and I, I don't know like do you want him to continue to drag route into the the cover two zone or do you want him to sit before he reaches the zone which creates stress on you know the defenders to try and rally and tackle um so i don't know what the principle is i don't know if he wants to continue those routes something i won't know and i could be wrong in terms of armani but altogether the, the point still remains in that receivers and tight ends can also help uh your quarterbacks and your offensive line out and don't just point to two people or two units meaning the quarterback and the offensive line it's, it's multiple things that's going on and obviously Scott Turner too, right? But Scott Turner has been trying to help Carson Wentz out. And we talked about that on the last show. In that, um, you know, he started calling those slant routes and those screens and, and the slant flat combos and all those things. And um, it comes to a point where you ask Carson Wentz, like, yo, do you <laughs> can you can you hit your can you hit your man in rhythm? Can you hit your target in rhythm? And for Carson Wentz, the answer so far has been no. Um, he struggled to hit uh, receivers on the short short area of the field in rhythm, and it's really hurting them. Certain offense, they're staying behind the sticks. They're not able to stay within um, short down and distances. They're not able to stay in uh, reasonable situations where you can, you know, be versatile with your play calling, um, and it's really hurting them. Uh, the Titans blitz primarily on second down. Um, so my thing for Wentz, it's not just about the second down in itself, but understanding that, um, you know, they have to emphasize hot receivers. Um, and that's also what hurts these guys. Like, there is sometimes, you know, Wentz or Turner, excuse me, has a lot of vertical calls for his team where they're going to the intermediate and, and deep levels of the field, but they don't have hot routes. Um, and, and specifically what I mean by that is, and I don't want to say that they don't, like, literally don't, but in situations where you're you can anticipate some pressure or where you can anticipate some uh some blitzes and stuff like that i think it's important for turner to game plan those hot routes into a play call so 
uh, think about tendencies and how Scott Turner has some some tendencies of his own. Titans have tendencies, and as they blitz primarily on second down, um, and you have to, especially when you're not ahead of the sticks either, um, and you need to make sure you get a reasonable gain, and maybe somebody pops one big, that's where you emphasize those hot routes, and that's where you tell Wentz, hey, they probably sent us something here. Um, look for Curtis, and that's what I would do. Um, he only had four touches against Dallas off of seven passing targets, only seven passing targets. He didn't have any rushes. So you need to make sure he's involved when you're anticipating the blitz. You know, he's the quick guy. He's a, a very quick, agile receiver who can make something shake in, in, open, in open space and also close quarters where you can, uh, you know, make a make a man miss in the phone booth type of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think it, the hot routes are going to be important for Washington. The hot routes are going to be important for Carson Wentz and Scott Turner. Let me be clear. I think that Tennessee is going to have some success creating pressure. Um, we've seen enough enough from Wentz over the last three games during this three-game losing streak that suggests that the Titans are going to have success creating pressure. We've seen enough from the offensive line that suggests that the Titans are going to have success creating pressure. And with new offensive linemen in on the right side of the offense, um, I can't even account for how things will change for better or for worse. Um, and when people tell you that it can't get worse, Cut out, <laughs> cut out the 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 cliches because trust me, it can get worse. And Sam Cosme, for all the talk that people love to talk about with him, it's not he's not that bad. He's not terrible. Um, and and I would have loved to see the combination between Sadiq and, and Sam, and we're gonna have to wait to see that. So right now we can't account for how bad it can actually get. Um, so. That's one nugget. It can get worse. But ultimately, uh, my point is, uh, while I do think that Washington will surrender pressure for various reasons, um, because the Titans are good at pressuring the quarterback, I think that we can ultimately see Washington find a way to to emphasize um, single read throws if they see pressure. Uh, you don't have to. If that if that guy isn't there, or if is he if he isn't creating opportunity at or near the line of scrimmage, either and that's and that's that's what really hurts. Either uh, hit him, or or get it out get it out of your hands as soon as possible. Whether that's uh, scram. Matter of fact, it, it is important for Carson Wentz to use his legs, and that's what also hinders him too. And that's that's why there's a conversation around Taylor Heineke because if you're a statue in the pocket, or if you're afraid to even leave the pocket, um, or leave the the backfield, I would say, because he does leave the pocket. He he abandons the pocket, but never really threatens defenders or defenses with his with his legs. Um, you have to find a way to get the ball out your hand or scramble, or it's your guy. Um, so there's a there's a variety of things that's going on there, ultimately. Uh, so the last key for me is going to be all about forcing turnovers. Um, <laughs> we are in week five. And the commander's defense has forced zero turnovers. And if you're listening to me and you're saying, what are you talking about? They forced one against the Jaguars. They forced one against the Jaguars off of a terrible, terrible Trevor Lawrence throw at the end of the game. Within the game's rhythm, the rhythm of the game, um, and then they're on since then, they have not forced a turnover. That will continue to be a key until they do. <laughs> and 
it's incredible to see a team who isn't capable of forcing turnovers in the route in the the way in which they aren't. Um, but for for the Commanders, uh, you have opportunity against um, Ryan Tannehill to do that. He's not he's not one now last year because right now he's very efficient in terms of his uh, getting the ball out of his hands and his accuracy. Like I said, sixty seven percent right, but ultimately his track record suggests that he'll give you about two or three bad balls a game especially if you can get some pressure on him and, and, and tighten up with your coverage um, and force him to make some tight window throws. Uh, that's going to be something um, that's that's going to be challenging for Ryan Tannehill. So uh, it doesn't mean tighten up your, your coverage doesn't mean just man coverage. Um, you can, if you can play a tight zone, a disciplined zone, um, and also stick with your guys. And, and I think the benefit for Washington is that, you know, they're not going up against elite receivers. <laughs> um know Robert Woods and um Traylon Burks are around but uh, at the same vein they're dealing with some injuries the receivers core all together for the Titans so it's not like you're you're facing some all-stars like Devontae Smith um and, and AJ Brown and last week unfortunately you got embarrassed by Noah Brown um but also CD Lamb did his thing as well against you all but primarily Noah Brown and that's that's the alarming point uh, so while I'm saying that they don't have any all stars or receivers, maybe I should I should walk back. The idea of Washington not playing all stars because they're not just getting cooked by all stars. Um, but point being, if you can tighten up your coverage and hope that they can do that, uh, you're looking at a situation where the Washington Commanders can get a finally get a turnover too, and they did a good job last week. I think the defense did actually the last two games and, and I'll make my amendment now where I thought that things couldn't get better for this unit. I see marginal improvements. Um and that's very encouraging in terms of stabilizing that defense. Uh but now it comes a point where you gotta force some turnovers. And like, like I said last week they, they actually did force one that I thought should have been turnover, but at the end of the day penalties are holding hurting your team on both sides of the ball. And last week it it, it was a huge detriment. So for Washington, forcing turnovers is going to be key. Um, you need to help your offense out, an offense that really can't move the ball at all or has struggled to move the ball um, and finish drives. So that's that's the, the clearest way. They do move the ball, but they aren't finishing drives, and that's what's really hurting these guys. Um, and that's that on that. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, uh, appreciate everybody for listening. If you haven't done so, make sure – uh, you are subscribed to the podcast. If you aren't, uh, help us out with a, a rating and a review. Um, I do appreciate some of the reviews that's come in lately. Uh, I do have someone from, <laughs> uh, he said, Go Birds from Pro Chilong. Uh, gave us a five-star rating, so I appreciate you, uh, Pro Chilong. Um, but, you know, he had to throw some dirt on our name with the, the Go Birds thing. But either way, nonetheless, I respect you, appreciate you uh, for showing some love on our side. So, um, yeah, make sure you leave us with that rating and review. And now it's time for the Anti-Up Consulting uh, Sports ad. Make sure you tap in with Anti-Up Consulting. Make sure you join their Discord channel. Uh, the link is in the description. Uh, and make sure you understand who P is because P uh, is is one of the, the, the best guys in the DMV that can provide you with the advice, the consulting, 
and also some of the best plays that uh, and best angles that that really you couldn't. I'm not gonna say that you couldn't get on your own, but more so you couldn't um, understand or, or a clearer picture in a sense, and, and that's what he's there for. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to P for the best better this week. He told me he is loving this play, so I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> and at this point, uh, we're back to our regular schedule. So with the Thursday game coming up, we'll figure some things out in terms of release dates, stuff like that. But um, yeah, we're back to our regular schedule after this episode. So up next, you'll hear from P, um, and then you'll hear from us post-game on Sunday. Hopefully, we are talking about a Titans loss. Um, it's hard for me to say that the Titans are going to win this one. I mean, excuse me, the Commanders are going to win this one. Um, I'm thinking 21-20 Tennessee. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But I think, unfortunately, Washington falls to 1-4. This um, bet going to take the Miami Dolphins uh, it's, it's minus three and a half at the New York Jets. Um, the Jets had a faulty final last week, um, scoring 14 points uh, in the fourth quarter, just 10 in the first half, or just 10 rather in the first three quarters. Um, you know, the, they scored those 14 points in the fourth quarter with rookie Kenny Pickett throwing two interceptions in that second half. Um, and I also have a downgrade the Jets with Zach Wilson. I think Joe Flacco can move the guys. Um, up and down the field a little better. And um, while the Zach Wilson is start, sort of still figuring everything out, so I think we have an advantage there, seeing that the Jets sort of have a downgrade at the quarterback from the past, uh, from most of their stats say. Then the Dolphins, since 2018, 40-28-1 against the spread, 18-13-1 against the spread after a loss since 2018. Um, we know Mike McDaniels is a quarterback-friendly system. Um, you know, you can kind of plug and play. If you look at Tua's stats uh, from last season, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, how much he, how far he's throwing the ball, it, it hasn't really done that much. He just has better playmakers around him. I think that's going to help with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. And then Teddy, Teddy Checkdown, my guy. 43-21 and 21 against the spread as a starting quarterback, 24-6 uh, and six against the spread on the road in those games. So we're going to take the Dolphins here, minus three and a half, and we're going to ride out.